0: Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a Green Up Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to the Just One Carnatal podcast. Martin and Partick played out a world draw yesterday. Robbie Crawford tucking home from a corner in the 31st minute before Rico Diak equalised in the 75th. So joining me to analyse the game, we have Mr Stephen McElhinney. How are we Stephen? Um, I'm alright Dean, how are you? I uh, next question.
1: Can we just record a wee cut of you saying you're morbidly hungover and just play it like maybe every second week? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, a, it, it's with alarming regularity that whenever we record on a Sunday night I am bust. but aye, it was the one of the small-sided Motley Community presentations last night so for kind of 2018s, 2017s, 2016s, twenty fifteen, so... An excellent night I had by all, but I I am very much struggling this moment. So saying that, to you guys, it's a loaded with a cold and a, a rather delicate hangover on top of it. So, but yes, let's let's not distract.
2: Well, yeah, Mr. Craig Dunning, how are you, Mr. Full Health, for coming up here? <laughs> yes. Uh yep. I'm I'm very good, thank you. Been nice, just feet up today, watching the African Cup of Nations. Class.
0: Excellent. So, obviously, <laughs> right? How to uh, how to start this off delicately. Um what time did you get into the stadium at yesterday, Stephen?
1: Um, I got in at uh, five past three, having arrived on Sinclair Street at two forty six, I think it was. Um I'm not an anorak who looks at his phone that often. I sent a message to say, look at the state of this queue, um and that was time Um but yeah, I think I got there at two forty six, got in at three oh five. Um Yes. Heaven forbid if we somehow manage to beat Montrose and then get like a really big team, um, I think they'll need to put out a press release of it's going to all be your fault if this game gets abandoned due to a crowd on the street because it's all you guys' fault. Um, I, I'm going to go on a rant here, aren't I? I'm going to go. I'm going to go full Craig Dunning, aren't I?
2: We're going
1: to go full Dunning. You're, you're never, you're never supposed to go full Dunning. You um, never
0: want to go full. You never want to go full Dunning. <laughs> go
1: full Dunning. Um, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe come to the, the club's attitude uh, towards the situation in a minute. But uh, there's so many issues with it that woke we'll up. I'll, I'll maybe like Craig, Craig will articulate some of the issues better than me. <laughs> I would love Craig to do that. Um, but I just there was only what. 2,600 Morton fans there yesterday, I think i seen uh, the general manager saying to somebody on Twitter, like, mental, that that many people causes such an issue. And most of them, as I said, I got there 15 minutes before, which yes, I appreciate 15 minutes before kick-off is relatively tight. It's not that I shouldn't have got in before the game started tight.
0: No, absolutely. And that's it. Because I think you look... Uh, in fact, that was maybe one of our quiz questions. I think the, the capacity of the capital at the moment is what about eleven thousand five hundred now.
1: Yeah, something like
0: that. I'm not being funny. While we've got these turnstiles and while we've got this software and this set of stewards, capital is no longer capable of housing eleven thousand five hundred people because you would need to start getting people into the stadium about one o'clock, and that's where it, that's that's the massive worry is that. Say we do, say we get a Rangers or Celtic at home in the next round of the Scottish Cup, um, aye, we're humped.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not even the scenario of big cup draw next and we get end up with 10,000 people wanting to be in the ground. It's even, we're very much in contention for the promotion playoffs here. Even having four or 5,000 people in the home end, that yeah, it's going to take literally hours to get people in if, if the current speed continues and it's not good enough. Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, I got in the queue at, at five to three. Which I know people say, right? Uh, if you know it's going to be busy, get in the queue sooner than that. But I think it also do- that also does miss the point to some extent. Like, fair enough, I've made that choice to not get in the queue till till about five to three. So you can say, oh, well, you if you miss kick off, then that's on you. But you no, know, I didn't get in the ground till after quarter past. The, the queue should not be taking twenty minutes, regardless. And fundamentally. Regardless of what time people turn up, there are just not enough turnstiles. And, okay, this is a legacy issue. The current custodians of the club did not create this. This is Warren Hawke's fault. And, yeah, who would have thought in, like, the late 90s or early noughties that Warren Hawke's greatest legacy at Morton would end up being shite turnstiles. But there you are. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, regardless of the fact that, right, they didn't create this mess, the current board have inherited this, you can't just... Point fingers at the past forever, like it's incumbent on them to now do something about it. Now we know. I mean, a big, a big talking point when we first got the turnstiles, and they were an even bigger mess than they were now because you had a website that didn't work at all uh, to go with the slow reading of tickets. But sorry, I've lost my train of thought now. I was just building up a good rant there too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come in to I'll help can, you. I'll, <laughs> my there. I'll,
1: comi- I'll come in to help you, Craig, because I agree it was even worse, right? In certain ways it was even worse um, with the ticket and website, etc. And with Fanbase, yes, it's a, it's a great app. Fantastic. Um, people can say, literally walking from their car to the game, you can get it on your app. Uh, no need to wait in that ticket office queue, etc., which is, is smashing, right? Um but I don't know if it's just me and the people I t- tend to be in front of and whatever, but the new ticket uh, scanning system and the fact that scan uh, tickets, the majority now of season tickets are on people's phones, are taking much, much longer to scan than holding your season ticket up did previously under the whatever scanning system it was previously. So I think although we've improved the ticket purchasing um experience, it's the turn sales are slower. And in my group chat last night, we were trying to work out roughly how long it takes per person and even at what I thought was a relatively uh, generous to the club estimate of 10 seconds per person which I think it actually probably takes a wee bit more than that time someday, because you need to wait on the after the guy in front of you goes through, you need to wait on the green, whatever it says please enter, whatever of his going away back to grey, before you can then start scanning yours, yours has to then be red yep, that's picked, picked up, it's went green you then have to go through the turnstile, uh, we reckon they would say about 10 seconds uh, per person so if it is 10 seconds per person if you've got A 1,000 people in the terrace, right? Which isn't a crazy amount of people. Um, That's just a relatively decent crowd for us, I would say, a a, a, a good people in the terrace. That would take over 40 minutes. Using four turnstiles, that would take over 40 minutes to get them all in. Um, that's madness, right? And and the, the main thing that's annoying me with this is as Craig said and I, as I hinted at earlier, a lot of it is a legacy issue. It's not the current custodians of the club's fault that we all we went from um whatever it was, nine turnstiles of it, up to nine turnstiles or whatever, and um, before down to four. That's not their fault. But it is their fault that nothing's going to get done about it because yesterday the club's tweet lay the blame solely with the fans. So if you if you don't think you've got a problem, you're never going to get a solution. Ah, it's them big bad fans. If only we could get them at the Norsemen earlier. Well, yep. no, that's not the problem because, as I said, I got there at quarter to three, which, yet yeah, again, it's not the earliest in the world, right? But when I got there at quarter to three, the queue was already all the way up to the ticket office. Then it snaked back round and all the way down to this the Smiths fan, which is where I joined the queue, as I said, at 2.46. That's where I joined the queue. So madness to blame the fans, absolute madness. There are things the club could be doing. Um at the way end we've got handheld ticket scanners I don't know how the, the safety works of opening the big gate and having four stewards standing there with handheld ones don't know the logistics of that if they, they would maybe need to do that at the other big gate away from the turnstiles so the one uh, the one kind of like the Sinclair Street end that big gate for example but having some kind of handheld system in place needs to come in urgently Um, having the queue actually stewarded by stewards uh, I had kind of crosswords with stewards yesterday and uh, I was asked what the, I wanted them to do about it and my reply was um, I like a steward to steward people uh, the, the queue gets split into four queues right in front of the turnstile which causes a bottleneck which slows it down again not crazy amounts slowing down but slowing down nonetheless there's absolutely nothing to stop the club putting a few more stewards out there getting you put into four queues halfway up Sinclair Street. Nothing to stop that in the slightest and then it goes in quicker. There's also nothing to stop the club having a steward on every turnstile. Yesterday there was one steward going across the four turnstiles So when and said guy hears ticket Disney scan. He's over trying to help him. Fair enough. Guy's doing his best. Not his fault in the slightest. He's trying to get it. But in the meantime somebody else has hasn't scanned and that's another queue that's stopped moving because of that. And yeah. Poor, poor people working in poor conditions type thing. But yeah, if, if poor guy the the turnstile, he, he's only doing what he can do. And there was four stewards in total outside yesterday, uh, I counted. And that, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I, I would want, want one on every turnstile, um, as I said. And uh, I would also want somebody perhaps halfway up Sinclair Street uh, sorting into four queues. Then perhaps another one or two. Um, As you get closer to the turnstile, then doing your, your searches and things. I like to get that. Um, But... I've got so many problems with the whole the whole system. Y- yesterday I noticed uh, it just got too chaotic. So searches and things just got stopped. Now I'm all for not being searched getting into a game of football. I think it's absolutely shambolic when it happens at times. But the, the club and the stewards have that system in place for a reason. Um, could they get a capital whatever you wanted yesterday? Because they just had to abandon doing that because it was too busy. Um, so again, like, are you prioritising or let's just get this queue down? So you've, you you kind of went in the face of well, if you've got a safety regulation for whatever reason, for whatever reason you think you need to search people, as I said, I think it's a lot of nonsense. But whatever reason they've got that in place is fair enough. But they just abandon it when it gets too busy. I get so so much wrong with it yesterday, and um, the blaming of the fans won't get us anywhere.
0: No, and I think as well, you look at there was a big crowd and. It was brilliant to see it was brilliant to see so many home fans yesterday, but there were people there were laps fans, day trappers, kinda I I dare say there was probably some, some kind of local old firm fans, obviously with the with the premiership and on their winter shutdown, and that's the first impression that we've given them at the club, and that's not good enough. When you look at how crucial match the experience and match the income is, to allow that to be the lasting memory for people going to Capolo for the first time, that's absolutely not good enough. And I we are working with one hand tied behind my back because the turnstiles are shy. But yeah, that's where we need to have better staffing. Now I think the, the issues that we've had with the stewarding company are are quite long standing now. they customer service, there's not enough stewards to begin with customer service skills from them are let's say mediocre and be very, very generous. And yeah, that's where we need one steward on every single turnstile, style. And there needs to be, I know that they've got like their kind of master kinda entry card to somebody's a hey, ticket isn't scanning. We need four of them, not one. And that's again, because it's if it is kinda 10 seconds per entry, four stewards there could quite easily make that two or three seconds per entry or taking someone who's struggling to work their ticket or whatever. Taking that from a minute down to 10 seconds, that is going to make a big, big difference across, you know, however many fans are, are going in and, and maybe struggling with the scanners. And aye, the statement is, it's, whether we like it or not, it's a cultural norm and it's a, it's a customer behaviour in Scottish football, probably world football, that fans are going to turn up late and expect entry games. That's behaviour that you're not going to change and the idea of criticising fans for that, no, do better.
2: Yeah, and that's on the point of... Yeah, fan experience, and we need to grow the support. You can't grow the support if people are going to have to stand in a queue for twenty five minutes to get in when the ground's not even a quarter full. This is where we, you come back to the cost argument, which is where I lost my where is where I lost my train of thought before. Uh, yeah, we, we when we first introduced these and these turnstiles and everything about it was terrible. It was a big laughing matter, really, that the club had actually spent a six figure sum on them. We we never found out what exactly that six figure sum was. But yes, six figures went on these things, and okay, the club does not have a six-figure fee sitting around to just you know go and go and spend on an unexpected piece of stadium maintenance halfway through a season. And yeah, there's if you do go, go out and have to spend six a, a six-figure sum, what else does it impact? Are you going to have an knock-on on the first team budget, which nobody wants? We're tight enough as it is in that regard. So yeah, that's that's hard to justify. But ultimately, if we don't find a solution to this and yeah, there's stuff we can do, there, like like you said, Stephen, we can manage the queues better. I've always wondered the queue management of, would it be better if even they had barriers set out on Sinclair Street and even had two separate queues, and you had one going back down Sinclair Street as well, so you're, you're going to have two queues of different different lengths and people people know themselves. If you've been at the ticket office, are you better going round to the Norseman one? Just anything that could, just bottlenecks maybe, but... Aye, fundamentally, until you have more turnstiles, you're going to have issues. So at some point, we're going to have to spend the money because over the long term, it is going to cost us more than we gain in not spending it. We just need to put more turnstiles in. And hopefully, if we did that, you can set up scanners that manage to read more quickly, in the sense of, like, uh, at Gayfield, for example, like, Abrose turnstiles are fantastic. They're instantaneous. Show your QR code, it goes immediately. And yeah, they're just sort of set up like almost like a just like a turnstile that you'd have you'd have in like the underground in Glasgow or whatever. So yeah, you can you can fit more more of more of the scanners in into a small place rather than having it set up like a traditional turnstile as well. There are solutions here, <laughs> but yeah, anything that is a proper lasting solution is going to cost money. Sadly,
0: it's. Right. I don't actually, I, yeah, I don't think it would be a wise investment to go and install, say, four new turnstiles, which is probably what we would need. Um, I think, because I know that the club did look at upgrading the software, Um, I don't think it's had much of an impact. But, yeah, in terms of, it could quite easily be, yeah, four stewards, four, hand, four handheld scanners, and all of a sudden we've doubled the amount of people that we can get in and inside a minute. That's that's what the solution has to be. It can't. A statement apologising, saying, "Oh no, well our hands are tied. We need to find a solution because guys like ourselves who go every week, we'll just grumble about it and moan. But I can absolutely guarantee there will be some people who went to Capital yesterday who won't come back, who are day trippers, maybe local Rangers fans, local Celtic fans, whoever." who don't have that attachment, who will have been put off by that yesterday, and that's not good enough.
1: Uh, can I j- just go back to something Craig said that I was just thinking about there, about um, it wouldn't take like, a crazy big crowd for it to basically go bad. Um, Say we do get a heart, say we beat Montrose, then we do get a, a heart, say, in the next round, and it's a 5,000 or something crowd. Um so I'm basing it on that say a thousand people in the terrace and not being a crazy number. It was probably something like a thousand people in the terracing yesterday, um maybe just short of that, but the thousand being um just over forty minutes based on it being ten seconds a person. Um if you get double that, which again isn't going to be a crazy crowd, that's maybe what you'd get if with four thousand people at cap below or four and a half or something. Um so that forty minutes then becomes eighty minutes. Um the turnstiles don't even open eighty minutes before three o'clock. So it would be mathematically impossible if you opened your turnstiles at two o'clock, which I believe they always do open at two o'clock, to get the full crowd in for the the game starting. Um and that would be if you had every single person turn up an hour early, um, it would still be impossible to get them all in. So yeah, it, it comes back to that, what you were saying there, Dina. We're not going to get a solution if they keep blaming us. Uh, I was just thinking about whether or not there would be like a logistical or legal health and safety reasons as to why they couldn't have one of the big gates open with somebody the four handheld scanners. But then I, what I was thinking there was, see, during the, the players of the opposition team training in the gym era, um, you weren't allowed to go by that at the end, after a certain period of time. that You remember that, that caused all kinds of issues as well. But you weren't allowed to go by that and use that gate until basically the game was done and then they were cleared and whatever so we are allowed to basically say that gate's not in use at the moment so they, they there has to be a way that they can pick one of the two gates that are the, the exit gates that they have barriers at at the start of the game and have as you said four people with handheld scanners that to me is that is the, the the easiest and actually the cheapest solution uh for for the moment as Craig says we, we need the turn- long term, yeah, that would be great. But realistically, Morton aren't going to spend any money on turnstiles anytime soon. So, that four handheld scanners using one of the big gates that are at Sinclair Street to get in seems to be the solution. Um, But somebody at the club has to stop saying that we're the problem for us to get that solution.
0: Yeah. Okay, moving on to the game, I'm obviously I'm conscious that was quite an in-depth chat there and we've not, figuratively, we've not kicked a ball. So, Muirhead in for, for Garrity after serving a suspension was the only change to the start 11 yesterday. What did you make of that, Craig? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it was about what we expected, really. I think Muirhead was always going to come back in. The uh, the perfect hat trick on his previous, experience, his previous appearance showing exactly why he doesn't get dropped, even if he goes to a sticky patch, which... Obviously, he hadn't really <laughs> been on one in the run-up to this. He's always got the potential to come up with a goal. So, yeah, you were always expecting Muirhead to come back in for Garrity. And, I with how well we played at Tandice in general, you weren't expecting any other changes. So, yeah, I was perfectly happy with that.
0: Would you? Would you like Stephen?
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with anything Craig said. Uh, Muirhead was always going always to come back in. Uh, the only... Question was if there was going to be any other, uh freshening up, but people coming in that likes a um theoretically you could have like Boyd or McGrath for Blues, uh or Gillespie for power like these type of things I, I wouldn't have done. I, mean, I would have done exactly what the manager did, but it wouldn't have surprised me if any of them happened. But uh, yeah, I think you got it pretty spot on.
0: So, what did you make of the, the first half in general, Stephen?
1: Uh, I thought we were very good. Uh, 1-0 flattered Partick Fistler at half-time. We played uh, for a team of hammer throwers, or um, what was it, uh, Andy said a bag said, a bag of washing and a few fiats, uh, I think was what Andy Mullins said, but yeah, for a team that are uh, supposedly the big bad cloggers that everybody likes to claim we are. Um, if they actually just opened their eyes and paid attention to a game of football, we are a physical side, but we're a very good footballing side as well. And we put some great football in the first half yesterday. Um, the, the, there's there's a there's an identity to us, um, which I, I, I really, really like, of playing in the manager's image, which I, I've spoken about on here before. Of We hassle people, we get in their faces, but then see when we get the ball... We can actually move it about quite quick and play some good football. And we did that a lot yesterday. Uh, strapped on it quite a few times. Uh, I think he's very good at it. He, he kinda advances into somebody as they're getting the ball and before you know, notice sidestepped round them and then you're building the play up the left. Um yeah, with some great football. The the passage of play that um I can't remember the keeper saved it at the bar. I think maybe both actually maybe keeper tipped onto the bar. The one Robbie Crawford did the shot for the edge of the box. Uh, aye, it was the keeper tipped onto the bar, aye. The the, the yeah. build up to that was was great football. Uh but yeah, one nil was the least we deserved in the first half. uh big bad Morton scoring a goal from a set piece uh, from Robbie Crawford, be about five foot nine, five foot ten or something. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite ironic as well that a big bad Morton going a set piece. It was a guy who stooped down to head it in.
0: Aye, I, I mean it's obviously Crawford's in the right place at the right time. If I'm the party manager, I would be fuming conceding that.
2: Yes, it's, yeah, from their perspective, it is absolutely terribly defended.
0: But tell you what, what did you, what did you make
2: of the first half, then, Craig? Uh yeah, can't, can't really disagree with anything Stephen said there. I, obviously, I didn't see the first fifteen minutes of it. But, um, f- yeah, of what I saw in the first half, I thought we were terrific. Uh yeah, ex- exactly, as Stephen said we should have been more than one 0 up. But yeah, to some extent, we only really had had, had ourselves to blame for that. But yeah, we've had a couple of great saves. The, the one that was tipped onto the bar by Sneddon from Crawford's shot. Yeah. First and foremost among those excellent move. That's just a great save. Oakley's had a shot from a very similar position that Sneddon's dealt with. We've had a couple of other just sort of ping pongs off a of set pieces in the box. And yeah, they just could not cope with us at all in that in that first half. And it wasn't just the normal what you'd call Typical Dougie Emery's Morton intensity that they struggled with. We were actually passing them off the park as well. Like we've 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 got that ability to to go along and get it into winger's feet quickly. We know we can do that. But oof, Mozambique just went two one up against Egypt. Um, yes, watch the Nations Cup, not my United Tottenham. But but yeah, um, I yeah the fact we were passing out from the back as well and. Totally controlling the game that way. They just couldn't get near us. And yeah, on the balance of play, we really should have gone in at half time at least 2-0 up. But yeah, wasn't to be.
0: Yeah, I think it was it's we did well to get the goal. It, it it did give us that lift and I think like you said, the the performance the performance in the first half was very, very good. It was, it was just that that is the only frustration to just not take chances. Um and obviously it it came to bite us in the in the backside in the second half, but I think in terms of performance absolutely um midfield again covering yard they're just we're so hard <clears throat> sorry we're so hard to play against and it i it, it's brilliant to watch. I think you had said, Stephen, you can you can see that identity. You you can see exactly what we are trying to do and that that makes it such an enjoyable experience because you know exactly what we're trying to do. There won't be a team in this division that look forward to playing us because we are. We're so disruptive and I think like you said, Stephen, we're more than capable of knocking the ball about but, Aye, we can also go long and, and get the ball into the final third quickly and I actually thought yesterday was a very good example of just how varied and how balanced that that we can be and that I think that was probably the most pleasing aspect of yesterday for me. I
1: think I think that's a great point about how we we are a, a very varied football team. We've got d- different ways we play and that's that's one of the, the main positives of this We run a form. We've got into a kind of, ball was going up the line quite a lot. They were kind of just trying to force it straight into the striker quite a lot um, when we were on that bad run, which I, I get kind of, it's maybe the most effective, but that's what's ki- kind of, a team playing well and a team playing with confidence, that's one of the big pluses of it is they're trying different things, they're trying we different moves and, it, and it's good to watch. It's enjoyable to go to Martin games when we're playing so well.
0: Yeah, so... Tell you what, move on to the second half. Obviously, part get their part get their goal. Do you think a draw was a, a fair reflection overall, Craig? Uh,
2: it's one of those where I would say on the balance of play over the ninety minutes we should have won it, but it's not one of those where you can say, "Oh, we've we've been hard done by." It's it's a smash and grab because we've ultimately had our chances to win it, not taking them. And yeah, I think the the worst of those was was the second half when it's dropped him your head at the back post, and he's just. He's been on the turn, he's gotten under it and put it over the bar. And even with that dropping to him, like the straps sort of mishit it to him when he should have been scoring himself as well. But yeah, I think the uh, Partick did come back and were the better team in the second half, I would say. And I think uh, not not for the first time in the last few months, sort of the turning point in the game was to a large extent Ian Muggson going off. And Partick's own subs absolutely changed the game as well. Uh, you, I think you've, you've got to give credit for that but I, I think we do lose a lot in midfield when Wilson comes out of there and look like, I, I fully understand that he was on a booking. it was a very bad tempered game already he'd already had another couple of films after getting booked so yeah you, you need to manage your manage your 11 that way but yeah we did we did see them sort of start to put pressure on for all that they didn't really create anything clear-cut prior to the goal there was a bit of a feeling that they've taken control of the midfield here something might be coming
0: yeah and it what, I think that was, I think that that was the big frustration. Is that Partick did Partick improved vastly in the second half, and where they were starting to put us under pressure. But and again, that allowing them back into the games, the consequence only been one goal up. I think it's especially in the championship with it being so tight. When you're on top in games, you have to score, and it's actually it's something that we are generally very good at. I think it was it was just a case yesterday that had we got that second goal in the first half, I, yeah, I can't see any other outcome than us winning it.
1: Yeah, it's it was it was one of the frustrating ones where we we had the chances, isn't it? And
0: yeah,
1: I think Craig's Craig's assessment again was 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 pretty good. I need to stop agreeing with and so much. Don't know what what is what is going on. Um, I thought it was as an interesting one. About twenty ish minutes to go. Uh, Brian Graham was subbed for Partick Fossil. Um, and and not to just kind of make it a kind of we hate Brian Graham uh, type point, but I thought they were so much better when he went off. Uh. Adoy was, was not just looking to link play and win fouls. That's all Brian Graham was trying to do was win fouls and put people off all game. He was just having one of them games, which he has a lot against us. But Adoy was actually looking like a goal threat as well, which they then took a lot of uh, lot of confidence from. And for that last 20 minutes, to me, yeah, they were the much better team in that last 20 minutes, and which makes it you probably can't be too disheartened with a draw. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we did have the chances the one Craig says is that, that Robbie had straps got a score puts it behind Robbie Robbie's leaning back trying to get it I really liked that moment not because we missed a, a really good chance but um, I have been banging the drum for a long long time I've put some respect on the man's name and, and finally the whole of the cowshed shed has in the last uh, number of weeks with Robbie Muirhead because after he missed that chance there wasn't any offer oh, like, which would all be natural for football fans to do uh, the cowshed started singing the wee Robbie Muirhead song to kind of try and G him up get his confidence up like it's alright you'll get another chance type thing uh, which was really good I thought that was a kind of showed how much he's, his modern career really has turned around um, and that yeah people are finally starting to see what I thought I'd seen for, for a long time and uh, yeah yeah Drop maybe was fair, but we probably were marginally the better team over the course of the over the course of the ninety minutes. The second half, I thought what was quite frustrating was was just how poor the referee was for both teams. Was quite frustrating at times as well. uh I don't know if the guys ever had a good game, but yesterday definitely wasn't one of them. Bannigan should have been off the park yeah. definitely. Uh, they. I, I am pretty sure that they subbed Manigan because they knew he should have been off the park and they thought we've got away with this let's get him off now because it was pretty quick after the, the the most obvious one he should have got a second booking for um, yeah. which, he, which he didn't but even for Partick I thought Partick Fissel should have had a penalty and I also thought we should have had a penalty uh, so yeah the referee was again very very poor but poor for both sides and that seems to be the case almost every week
0: when you go and watch at this level yeah so Tell you what anything else to, to add to the, the game
2: from yesterday, Craig? Uh yeah, just to pick up on the penalty points actually. Yeah, looking back at them again, because at, at the time the, the one that Patrick really went went wild about was the one with French on Stanway at the back post late on. And at the time I genuinely didn't even know, just from my position, I had no idea what they were even claiming for. Having seen it on the highlights now, I think that's it's totally inconclusive, to be honest, the 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 angle on the highlights. Um just from where the camera is in the main stand, you, you could argue that oh yeah, French has touched him there, but it's also not conclusive enough to say it's no a dive. The one where uh, Robbie Crawford's gone down, I don't think that's a penalty. To be honest, I think he's just felt a guy at his back and tried to buy it. What I, I do actually think the one in the first half where where they were claiming for a handball for from Broadfoot, I, I reckon that probably was, apparently, actually. It's one of those where I completely see why the ref hasn't hasn't given it, because Broadfoot's arm is quite close to his body, but it's still just the angle he's turned at. It's, okay, his arm is across his chest, but just the angle the ball's passing him at, aye, if that doesn't doesn't hit his arm, it probably is carrying on hitting the target. So, yeah, we've maybe got away with one there, but, yeah, just the general point, I thought, aye, Craig Napier had <laughs> an absolutely shocking game. Um, Just completely lost the plot, to the extent that First half, he's letting everything go. Quite a lot of challenges that could have been bookings. He lets go. Second half, he starts handing bookings out like confetti for fouls that were quite often just bog-standard fouls. You don't need to show a card here. And then when you get to the players who've already been booked committing absolutely blatant second bookings, and even some of them maybe being borderline, where you could argue, maybe there's an argument for a straight red there, he craps out of it and would book players in that scenario. So... Aye, it was no wonder it ended up such a bad tempered game where you just had a referee who completely lost the plot. Yeah, I think that was, I think it was always, there's definitely a bit of needle between
0: the two teams. I think they are two teams who don't like each other anyway, but aye, I think the referee in yesterday certainly contributed to that. But tell you what, so we'll move on Montrose next week in the Scottish Cup How would you be lining up for that one Stephen? Are you looking at the same 11 as, as we played yesterday or would you be looking to, to get some game time into the squad? Um, I,
1: I'm not really sure uh, It's not the Challenge Cup So I'm not saying oh, uh, Jack Byrne, Stephen Boyd Lewis and all need minutes, let's play them all Because it's the Scottish Cup Um, It's a very important competition uh, and there's also, by beating Montrose at home, who knows what you could get in uh, the next round if we do manage to beat Montrose. You could get a, another old firm away, um, you could get an Aberdeen Hearts away, something that's going to get a lot of money. You could get a, a big team at home, which is going to get you a lot of money and uh, maybe a TV tie, etc. So yeah, there's there's a, a potential uh, windfall if, if you get through. So. I'd be going as strong as I can, but I would be freshening it up a wee bit probably. Uh so yeah, maybe one one or two changes. Uh, it depends if Baird's fit. Uh, if Baird's back, I would be putting Baird back in. If Baird is fit, uh, my back four at the moment is a corner, Baird, broadfoot strap, uh is what I would play. So if Baird was fit, he'd come in for French and I'd put a corner at the right back. Uh I could see an argument for bringing Gillespie back in um for one of power and Wilson, which would probably be power uh, and I could also see a a solid argument for uh, dropping Blues and playing one of the wingers um which would maybe be Katongo uh so yeah maybe two or three changes but not just giving we need minutes and legs I wouldn't be doing that it's too important a, a cup to be, to be doing that in
0: Yeah I think so I think it's and it's not you know it's not bonus we're playing when throws are a very capable side and I don't think we can afford to take them lightly So yeah, I think I'd be as close to full strength as I could With it, I would maybe have it in the back of my mind If we are, you know, two or three up And we're kind of seeing out the game comfortably That's when you die That That's when you maybe then look at, at getting minutes and legs But yeah, I certainly wouldn't be, be taking them lately, lightly And I don't expect Doogie and Andy to either
2: Yeah, absolutely agree Strongest team on the park And like you say, Stephen, there's a debate about what that strongest team is Oh, which one of the lesbian Power do you, st- do you start? Do you give one of the natural wingers a chance over Blues? Do you, yeah, if Baird's fit again, do you go with O'Connor at right back instead of French? Aye, those things are all up for debate. But yeah, 100%, strongest team on the park. Montrose are all no mugs, and yeah, we want a run in this cup. And yeah, just on where we to get through. Pretend. Like, yeah, okay, get if we end up at Ivericks Parkhead, then... Yeah, maybe those gate receipts will pay for some new turn styles. But um, no, give give us the easiest draw possible. Um, I, I want a draw like, you know, like Falkirk had last season, getting to a, get a semi-final and not playing a top-flight team at any point on yeah. the way there. If we get through this this tie, give me the winner of Brorah against Cove. Away. Brorah away, yes. That'll do nicely. Yes. <laughs> Bro- Did
1: you just go to Brorah? That was no, all weird. No. We 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 got to Brora. Um, I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. But we got to Brora and uh, Brora's got a chippy. That was good. Yep. that's what you are wanting, you've been driving for seems like a full day. You get to Brora and say it was a Tuesday. We get outside the Brora chippy a couple of hours before the game and uh, it shuts on Tuesdays. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we drove back up to the ground. Uh, a wee, very helpful Border Rangers, a uh, Cobb Committee guy came out and said, "There's a hotel. The hotel does food. There was also an Indian restaurant, I think that I hadn't opened yet, but was opening soon. Like, like I don't mean it was up uh, under renovation or I mean it was just it was too early in the day. It was like five o'clock and opens at six or something. Um, so we went in the hotel." Got some nice food and took it to the Wee Clubhouse and sat in the Wee Clubhouse uh, <laughs> and ate it. But yes, uh, Brora was a long journey. It was a very cold night. Um, but it was a very good night because Jerry Irvin really, really caused the goalkeeper to make a mistake for one of the Morton goals by being in his ear so much, which was which was a good laugh. And the keeper turned around and was giving it back to the Morton fans. So uh, if he still plays for them, it would maybe be quite good to go back there. But yeah, again, as, as Craig says, uh, if you kind of get the big money, you want whoever possible at home, but as Dean said as well, it's a very hard tie on Saturday. It should not be underestimated. So just need to take Saturday as it comes.
0: All right, guys, up those for this week. So, Craig, thank you very much for coming on. No, cheers for having us, Dean. Thank you. Stephen, pleasure as ever. Thank you very much.
1: No, you're very welcome, Dean. Um, can I just note as well while, while we're on that during the course of this podcast, your hang- hangover, um, I had you in the group chat. Ask if anybody had tried a
0: local ha, chicken
2: right, 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 restaurant. Referee, referee. Referee.
0: Right. You know how, you know the old football adage of what gets said in the dressing room stays in the dressing room? That principle needs to apply to WhatsApp chats. Let's not be, uh, let's not be grassing anyone in here. I just, uh, I had to share that. <laughs> I just think that's quite funny. <laughs> but yes, safe to say, uh, an order, a rather large order has been placed. <laughs> of which you will only eat half. Oh, probably aye. I. I, I, I can't have, i I think the thought of food's probably far better than they actually eating of it at the moment. But yes, I wouldn't. I won't bore everyone with the details of my hangover so yes, thank you very much everyone for listening and we'll be back next week Well, that's the show folks remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at themortonforum. <laughs>